I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about a cybersecurity strategy. We're chatting about what a cybersecurity strategy is, how to go about formulating one, and what to do once you have formulated that strategy. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to get a cybersecurity strategy in place for your business. I'm joined by Pierre Jacobs, Head of Security Operations and Compliance at CyberAntics. Pierre, welcome. Thank you, Yaku. Thank you for hosting me. So, so Pierre, we always uh, start the show by just uh, telling the listeners a little bit about yourself. <laughs> um, as much as you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, I, I have about uh, 24 years' experience in, in cybersecurity. Um, I started at the age of 25, and um, I hold various industry certifications. Um, I hold a master's degree in computer science with specialization in information security and also a PhD in um, computer science. Um, my experience range from uh, telco to financial industries and um, I've served mostly in a consultative role um, during my tenure at, at different service providers. Okay, well, I think uh, based on what you just told us, I'm sure you've, you must be the most qualified guest that we've ever, ever had on the show. So, <laughs> so thank you for I giving us your time and your expertise. I sincerely doubt that, but thank you. That's so, kind of you. Thanks. So, and I, I like the, the, the consulting angle that you've come from. Um, so, so maybe can we start with a, just a basic question of how would, how would you term what is a cybersecurity strategy? Mm. Yeah, okay, so, so um, uh, let's first start with um, exploring strategy, what a strategy is. So a strategy, um, in my opinion, is how to get from point A to point B. Uh, from a cybersecurity perspective, you would have a, a mission and a vision statement. In other words, um, a clear statement of where you want to be in terms of your cybersecurity. And the um, idea is always to improve your cybersecurity posture and to minimize risk to your organization. Um, in terms of a, of a strategy and the development of a strategy, there, there are various ways to get there. You could potentially look at performing a gap analysis. So this is where you assess your current state of your cybersecurity um, uh, efforts against a standard industry uh, standard um, internationally best uh, practices and so on. So we typically use a standard such as ISO 27001 and, and we use this then to, to measure your current state against what the standards uh, prescribe and we perform a gap analysis and the strategy then describes how to fill those gaps or how to close those gaps. Um, we, we're flexible in that we could use different um, standards, frameworks, and best practices. So there's also NIST SP 800-53, which is another another solid um, uh, um, piece of work to use. Um, yeah, and that's basically it. Um, <clears throat> so so when, before we started the show, I was speaking to you about now, um, if, you look at, if you look at the catalytic typical customer that we uh, talk to on a daily basis, typical small to medium enterprise, yes. or SME, if you want to call it that, um, w would you say that in that in the um, in the different segments of business? Uh, so, so what you're talking about, it almost sounds like it's a it's a big business, big enterprise type type um, scenario. What do you find? What's happening in the in the small to medium enterprise space? Do, do we take it as seriously as we should? 
in my in my experience, no, not not always. Um, there are some outliers who does, but um, I would say around about eighty five percent of organisations or SMEs, SM uh, uh, smaller medium sized companies do not take it as seriously as they should, and and it's important that they do because. Um, this could have a huge impact. It could literally stop business and 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 um, stop your income. It could close your business. Um, um, uh, and it's maybe a bit specula- speculative, but why would you say that um, those SMEs don't take it seriously? Do, do they not understand it? Do they think it's a big money exercise? I I think Yoko, their focus is different. Um, I also think it's a it's a it's a people skills issue. Um, remember, cyber skills are expensive. Um, it costs a lot of money to appoint someone who can do these things for you. Um, getting experienced people is difficult. Um, it's costly. It costs money. Um, if you if you if you if you develop a strategy, a solid strategy, it's it's something. It's it's pointless if you develop it and you don't implement it. And the implement, implementation thereof is it costs money. You will identify controls, technical or administrative controls, and these things have to be implemented, and they cost money to implement. So. Um, from a from an experience perspective, I would say definitely skills people is an issue, um, and then also uh, a cost is a, is a is a big issue. And remember, these these smaller guys they focus on making money. They they surviving. Yeah. Um, I I had been with with customers where we provided quotations as an example, and and they quickly calculated that they could buy fifty thousand bricks. Uh, because they were in the in the construction business yes. for the for the price of of protecting the endpoints, so so it's 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 difficult, um, it's challenging. Uh, so so it's almost um, uh, to me that's almost the same as as the insurance policy. It's expensive until the day when you need it, and then you know it's almost like it's too late. Then. It's it's almost always a grudge purchase, okay. almost always. So so Pierre, how would how would one go about formulating that business strategy, that that cybersecurity strategy? Um, I alluded to it earlier. So, so typically, what we would do there, there would be a mission and vision statement, and 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 this is from now, a security perspective. From now. a security perspective, not from a business perspective. Okay. Remember, um, the cybersecurity effort is there to minimise risk to the organisation and to support the business um, uh, the business process. Um, typically, the way that 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 a company should start or would start is um, by um, Identifying the need for a cybersecurity strategy, that they 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 have to understand that they have to improve their cybersecurity posture. So they have to there, there's there's some level of risk that they exposed if they don't, and and that risk needs to be addressed. Um, what we will then do, what what an organisation typically would do is then, um, the 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 whole journey starts with with a, an assessment of the current state, and from from. By this, I mean that they would be identifying a taxonomy, um, just a fancy word for grouping, um, their security controls, so yeah. they could group it as technical or administrative controls and so on. Look at the current state. What do I currently have in place? Where do I want to be? And how am I going to measure this journey? So KPIs, metrics need to de- be developed and so on. And and a, a good uh, a point to measure yourself against is something like a standard. Uh, or best practice. Um, there are many different ways of achieving this. You could use enterprise architecture uh, principles or approach to do this. You could perform a SWOT analysis, or you could perform a gap analysis, as so, I've just spoken. So, so assuming then, uh, if if I can translate what I'm hearing, what you're saying is, uh, if there's executive buy-in, 
somebody that's an expert in the field like yourself would then come in and then you almost have to workshop and, and say, okay, right, what does the current environment look like? And then what are those gaps and risks associated to that? Yaku, yes, that's key. Okay, I, I'm glad that you mentioned this. Um, um, management buy-in is key. Without that, we, you're not going to go anywhere. Forget it. Um, but yes, that, that would typically be the approach. So we would perform a, an assessment from an administrative control perspective. Uh, administrative controls are things like your policies, process, procedures, and so on, um, as well as regulatory and legal requirements that you have to adhere to. And um, we would then secondly perform a technical assessment. So we would, we would have a clear idea of the, the, the current state of the organization, where you're at in terms of your technical and administrative controls. And that then... Uh, provides us with a path uh, when measured against something like ISO 27001 um, to develop a strategy. And I, I assume in those 85 or 90% of those cases, uh, at the end of that process, whoever the management's that's sitting in there, they, they probably get a, a big fright of what, uh, what the actual state of, of uh, things are. Most often, yes. Um, I, if, you, if you look at the, at the prevalence of, of ransomware as an example and, and phishing and and um, the, the, the lack of, of a backup strategy that we found in, in smaller businesses, definitely, it's a, it's, it, it, is a, it is a frightening experience. Um, it's an eye-opener. And um, I often talk about it, uh, and I think um, the perception amongst a lot of small business are, but, you know, why will it happen to me? I'm like a, like a mom-and-pop shop. Why is somebody going to actually take the time to hack me? I'm not, I'm not a bank or something like that. But but it still happens. It still it, it does happen. It still happens. Um, um, the reasons for there are are, are plentiful. Um, these these guys are ruthless. They um, unscrupulous. They they don't really care who they target. Obviously, your larger um, um, organizations or, or, or criminal syndicates, cyber criminal syndicates, are aiming for the um, bigger income uh, companies. But um, the smaller ones, they don't really care. And um, as I said, literally, it, it, it's something that can stop your business. And, and if, the reason that they're doing it is for money? Yeah, most, in most cases, money. Um, to, uh, so so if, we, if, we, if we only talk about ransomware, yes, the, the, the main goal behind ransomware is to extract money. And that um, can be anything from five grand to a million rand to... 100 million rand, whatever. Yeah, I mean, last year we had examples in, in America of, of companies um, who, who actually paid ransom of 56 million US dollars. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of money. It's a, it's a lucrative business. And um, these syndicates are now offering these services for sale or as a service. Ah. So it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just growing. It's just growing. Um, to get back to your question, so so it, it's it's mostly money driven. Um, these guys want to want to want to steal money, um, also to steal intellectual property. You get that mostly from a from a government government perspective. Um, um, the Nell I'm thinking of, um, Armscore and those those companies. Um, yeah, um, or just or just uh, to cause reputational risk. So there are there are many factors to this to this whole um, attack scenario. So when you um, uh, start consulting to businesses, what would you say is the biggest gap in terms of their approach to, to having a, a cybersecurity strategy and um, operational framework or whatever you want to call it? it? It depends on the level at which you consult. If it's a, if it's a smaller company, I would say management um, 
um, buy-in, um, making available of funding to, to perform the necessary functions, security functions, um, and then also skills. And that's that's also another big one. From a from a larger company perspective, I would I would in my opinion it's um um technology stacks that do not work together. It's it's fragmented. The whole the whole approach is fragmented. Um you you would like to have a, a response capability from the endpoint to the perimeter. And it's most often it's lacking um because of the fragmentation of, of the different technology stacks that these guys are using. Um and um, I think some of the experiences that, that we have in the field is uh, a customer might think I have a firewall and I'm doing some backup, so it must be okay. No, no, it's 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 not okay. It's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> it shows intent. If that's if that's one good thing, but it's it's not enough. Um, so um, in cybersecurity, we talk about a defense and depth strategy or approach. And this means that you have to protect your organization from the perimeter down to the endpoint. And starting with the firewall, intrusion prevention systems, and so on, um, down to the EDR or antivirus um, at the endpoints, um, it, it's difficult nowadays with uh, the work from home scenario and, and with all the challenges that COVID's, COVID's brought in. So, so literally what we are doing is we, we are taking employees outside the defensive mechanisms that we've built at an organizational level and we place them at home. And, and um, the, your, your, your company assets, the, the notebook that this employee is using is, um, is now exposed to all different types of threats um your teenage son comes in and he, he, he plugs in a usb stick you know it's um it's it's challenging and it's different um i'm just thinking of of patch management um to to manage patching or to execute your patching strategy uh on a work work from home level is very very challenging and difficult um i i've so far not yet seen one large company that's managed to implement this very very successfully so so it is a really? challenge yes it's, it's it's like you say uh, the organization build these secure walls to, yes. to keep the assets safe and now you see now we take them outside those walls yes um, so uh, pianin um i think you alluded to it uh, earlier once you have this cyber security strategy what then because, you know, you might have a uh, – it's good on paper, but what yeah. do you do? You Almost like you caught the bus. You're like uh, Jack Russell that <laughs> caught the bus. What do you do with it? Implement, measure, and improve. Okay, so like you said, if you if you don't implement the strategy, it's, it's kind of pointless, and your, your risk posture is going to stay the same. Um, you have to continuously improve on your strategy and measure the strategy. Um, and that's why it's important for you to develop uh, metrics and KPIs. Um, so that you can continuously measure where you're at with the implementation and the maturity of your strategy. So it's something that has to be continuously dri- driven. And now, and now taking that back, back to the to the skills level. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a if I'm a SME or maybe even a medium to larger type organization, yeah. and I'm and I'm cognizant of the fact that skills is a is a, is a problem, yeah. uh, I assume then the the logical route to go is then is then to bring in experts like like yourselves. Could be yes, it, it, it's it's an option. Um, there are many companies that offer like um, we call it a VSISO, virtual um, chief information security officer, and um, it, it's a good thing to have that guidance and somebody to. 
to steer, guide, and to champion the cybersecurity effort within an organization at board level or at management level. Um, a good CISO is going to cost you from 2 million rand a year up. So it's a, it's a, it's a very costly skill to employ. Um, to outsource, it makes sense um, in, in, in some instances. And then um, is that where so, – so that that's the person that's going to make – or the function or the role that's going to ensure that those KPIs and, me, and metrics are, are tracked and upheld and all that type of stuff? Um, Absolutely. What, do you, what, what, is, what tools do, do that, uh, does that function use? Is, is that where a SOC comes into the mix? Um, a, SOC, a SOC is one weapon in the arsenal. Okay. Um, in the beginning, when we started this conversation, I spoke about technical and administrative controls. So um, the idea is to deploy these administrative controls. These are things like your firewalls, intrusion prevention systems, and and um, uh, over and above your technical controls, you also want to have a look at your, your critical systems. I'll talk about that just now. But these um, these technical controls now have to be monitored to ensure that they perform as intended and um, as they should, and also to detect threats and attacks. Um, if you don't do that, then it's it's kind of pointless having those controls in place. Also, in terms of your your critical assets, um, um, I I've not yet come across one organisation that's had a proper asset identification and classification scheme in place. And yeah. it, it goes back to that old dash. If you if you don't know what you have, how valuable it is and um, where it is, how are you going to protect it? How are you, are you going to throw money to it to protect it? Um, I've, I've not yet come across one organization with a, with a proper, robust um, AIC scheme in place. Um, the point is these the IIC scheme will assist you in identifying business critical assets and these assets also have to be monitored from a from a security perspective. So yeah. Okay. Um and in and in so we have those those elements now and in and in talk to me about where does the SOC come into the mix then? So the 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 security operations center, so once you've identified all your, your technical controls and your critical assets, the security operations center is a, is a central hub where everything pertaining to cybersecurity operations happens from. Um, so it also serves as a central hub where all your blogs and your events come together. Um, the, the primary tools that are used in a SOC is um, called a security incident and event monitoring tool. That's like... Um, I, I, I like to call it the mother of all syslog servers, but it's basically um, ingesting all your logs and it, um, it correlates and it aggregates and it massages it and kicks off automated workflows or playbooks, etc., etc. And and the second um, primary tool that we use is um, a SAW. It stands for Security Orchestration Automation and Response. So so basically what happens is all these events will go to your, your SIM tool um, It'll be parsed. It'll be um, understood by the machine. Um, depending on the, the the level of the tool, you'll have some sort of of machine learning and algorithms um, that's helping out there. And and eventually, if 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 a event or a sequence of events are classified as an incident, it could be thrown to the saw. Um, and the saw then, at machine speed, um, does the enrichment and the investigations for you. Or assist with the investigations. So, just leveraging of of uh, those two tools, and I've built a couple of security operation centers in my life. Um, and when I started, it took my engineers in the region of um, between forty five minutes and an hour to investigate an incident. 
And so something happens on a event log or something that comes in. It's something that you haven't seen before, and now you need to try and work out what's happening. Yes, yes. You you have to triage. You have to investigate. Um, is the source IP address where this perceived attack is coming from? Is it really malicious or not? So somebody has to go sit and uh, 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 open up a browser and go to do something like a Talos Intelligence and, and check the reputation of the IP address or domain or whatever the case may be. And 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 it takes time. And it takes manpower, and we've spoken about the costliness of manpower. Yes. So um, with a saw, this is machine-driven, and and those activities happen at machine speed, and and the result is that within within fifteen to twenty minutes, um, the SOC engineers now know that yes, this is really an incident. This is a malicious IP address, and they can start formulating a remedi- remediation and containment plan. Um, so from a from a um uh, services level agreement perspective we provide our clients with a remediation and containment plan in the case of it being an incident uh, within 1 hour and and i think that's unparalleled it's it's very good so so can i so just to make sure i understand so the the strategy component you you map out what what uh, like you said the vision and what's the goals that you want to achieve and then yes. and then you do the gap analysis and you implement some form, form of let's call it administrative control and, and metrics yes. and in the and in the security operations center is then the the uh let's call it the eye in the sky if we can call it that yes, that basically then sits and watches and make sure that whenever something happens, yeah. um, that that your uh, somebody's looking at it and doing something about it. Yes, you're 100 right, Jaco. But but remember now that that um, uh, the, the traditional function of a security operations center is to monitor and and um, from a, from a, a strategy perspective, that gap analysis monitoring could be one element. There, yes. there could be many many yes, elements yes, yes. missing. Yeah. Um, it's 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 one element. So it's it's one way to fill that gap is to consume SOC services. Okay. Um, and um, another difficult question, and I, I assume everything comes down to money. Do you, do you, think, there, do you think there is a, a, a business that, that doesn't need a, a SOC-type service? Um, it, it's difficult. I, 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 think it, I think it depends on the, on the, the appetite for risk um, and how business critical the systems are. I think from a, from a, if you if you talk to a, 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 a company that that provides plumbing services, um, they probably run off a spreadsheet. It's it's not that critical for them. But uh, um, any larger company who, who makes use of of um, IT resources to to support and drive their businesses, it, it would be it would be beneficial. It would be wise for them to um, to monitor those uh, um, assets. Because, I mean, how often do companies know that there is actually a, a, a threat that's sitting inside their network or that's busy? If, that they, if they don't monitor, it's they won't know until they've been compromised, until they've received a ransom letter. Um, ran- ransomware is actually um, – yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm deviating a bit. It's, it's actually something that's very close to my heart. We've, we've, we've been dealing with yes. this. Um, uh, uh, with quite a few customers. So what, what these guys are actually doing nowadays is um, – Bef- before they actually start encrypting your your um, your assets, they will actually exfiltrate all your information with the idea that um, once you are given a, a ransom note and you refuse to pay, they then release that information um, publicly um, to to uh, damage your reputation as much as possible. 
So um, these are all things that can be detected. So, so one of our use cases that we're looking for is a, a sudden spike or exfiltration of, of data, which could be indicative of, of ransomware being um, deployed in the environment. So, so it's, it's very interesting, and, and it comes with experience, um, you know, to, to be able to detect these things and develop these use cases. So, so I'm, I'm glad that it's uh, close to your heart because, I mean, I think, um, again, we, we, I've, I've got a couple of – scenarios that's coming to mind now we we um you know we we'll try and guide a customer specifically in terms of security and uh, we've got customers that says oh no i've got antivirus running on my on my pc and i and i'm doing backups twice a day to five different hard drives and that in in their mind they think that's the um, because some sort of it resource said to them listen i can i can recover us from from anything that's going to happen, um, and then often it takes us time to to explain to the customer. But you know, ransomware is a, is a different uh, antivirus. Probably is not going to help you. Yeah. Um, can, can you maybe give us one or two examples of of yeah, absolutely ransomware events that yeah. that's happened and how they so 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 many times um, uh, uh, these ransomware actors. Do not come in. So, so, so the primary way of of getting into your organization is by phishing. So, um, they solicit user to click on a on a on a, on a link, and a user um, captures a, a, a credentials, and that's then used to. Um, so, uh, somebody trusted sitting inside your organization that clicked on a link, they're putting in stuff. It's a yeah. trusted party, yeah. and he and, and that's how these guys. That's 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 the. They then use these credentials to infiltrate your organization, and then. Start moving laterally, um, uh, ultimately um, uh, to to your domain or your domain controllers. That's that's gold. That's what they what they want. Um, phishing is one. Um, poorly configured systems. We've seen a lot. Um, EDR and AV is not going to help you there. Um, and then also we have seen um, uh, we users just plug in USB sticks. You know, there's there's not that hygiene. So there there are there are many many types of control. So let's look at EDR. If not not all EDRs are created equal, and not all EDRs will um, detect and block ransomware. Um, and 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 the EDR vendors know this. That's why the move nowadays is away from signature-based detection to more anomaly and and heuristic-based detection. In other words, we 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 we're learning what is what is the normal behavior of a process or or a service, and um, anything uh, that's an outlier to that then gets gets flagged or blocked. Um, but but if if these are zero days type ransomware um, attacks, nothing is going to detect it. Um, so so it, it doesn't really hold water. And then also in terms of the um, of the backups, many. Sometimes uh, companies keep their backups on site, connected to the network, yeah. and that's one of the first things that the, the ransomware will look for: is your backups, and also encrypt your backups. And, and the reason they do that is because they know when there's an event, the immediate thing you're going to do is try and restore backup. Absolutely, yeah. So it's, it's almost logical. Absolutely, yes. Um, and and um, so so on that on that point, uh, the EDR is that what what historically was known as as antivirus. It's um, it's um. Let, let's call it next next generation antivirus. So, in the past, your antivirus used to work with signatures. In other words, if if a, a technical control like AV or intrusion prevention systems or any of those types of tools, if it works with a signature, that means it, it's able to detect known threats and vulnerabilities. In other words, 
there had to be a threat and vulnerability in the wild. Somebody had to um, uh, 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 submit that to the vendor, and they developed a signature for this machine to detect it. And and nowadays, with all the zero day type attacks, um, it's it's not enough. And and the move now is towards the EDR, the um, um, anomaly based and and heuristic based type detection. Okay, so um, and um, I, I just want to repeat it. The the perception is that if you have antivirus on your PC, that that's going to protect you. Uh, that's antiquated. It's it's not. No relevant. no no. It's 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 not it's not going to. It will it it'll it'll leave you in in a measurably better space than someone who doesn't have those controls. Yes. But it's 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 not a guarantee that you're not going to be hit by ransomware. And the same with with the argument that you have backups in place. Even if you have backups um, and it's on site and connected to the network. Be guaranteed that you're going to be hit there too. And if it's stored off-site, think of the time it's going to take you to, to bring those back and, and to rebuild. So typically what needs to happen is once you've been hit by ransomware, you need to you need to take all your machines offline. And in most cases, you'll have to rebuild them. You'll have to bring them up in a, in a remediation VLAN. Uh, it takes time. It, it, takes, it takes between 20 to 40 days to recover from these types of attacks. So it's a month to two, basically. Yeah, that you're of business, that you're not generating revenue. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and I mean, that's the, you know, coming back to the 50,000 bricks, that's easy. If you don't transact for a month or two, it's, it's easy to quantify what, the, what yes. the cost is. How many bricks are those? Yeah. You're 100% right. Um, and, and I also think that, that, that if communication, if something like a, like a, like a CISO level person is there to, to translate the, the, the cyber risk to business risk. Um, there would be more appetite uh, from a from a management or board level to um, uh, provide funding to to um, implement proper cybersecurity strategy. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and that and and what I like about the, the that role uh, specifically, if it's independent, there's no there's no uh, technology bias or uh, uh, that yes. person's not coming to try and sell you a system yes. or this I, brand of antivirus or this yes. brand of firewall. They yeah. just they're just coming to give you an objective view of what the state of play is. You're 100% right. And, and I, I think it's something that we pride ourselves on. I, I, I deplore a situation where a person comes with a preconceived idea of he comes from a, from a previous vendor and, and he pushes a specific technology. Um, what I typically do during consultation is, is I um, follow a systems engineering approach. So I, I would go and sit with the, with the, with the end user um, and I'll do, I'll solicit user requirements in terms of what is exactly needed. And we will, we will then get to a product or, uh, that, that could provide those. We will couple measures of effectiveness and measures of performance to those. And at the end of the day, the client will get exactly what he needs from a, from a third party independent perspective. So we, we, it's totally vendor, vendor neutral. And um, to me, I think that's probably historically the biggest problem why, why specifically in that SME space there, there is so much, I almost want to call it ill education, is because there's people that just go and sell, they just want to do a, a vendor sale basically. That's, that's the reason. So if your, if your PowerPoint slides are, are good enough, and you can convince somebody if they install this antivirus on their PC, they save from from the the world. Um, then that, you know that's the game. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, my experience has showed that um, in most instances, companies um, after three to four years, they they change technologies. But the reason behind that is because they're only using twenty percent of the of the technology capabilities. 
um, but they're paying for 100%. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pia, last question. So if we have a, a, a business owner or management level person that sat and listened to this and something that we spoke about sort of struck their heart – and they say I need to I need to patch up my the, my whole view towards my cybersecurity strategy. Where does one start? Um, so so they 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 could contact a, a, a vendor or supplier. Um, they could contact sales at cyberantics.co.za or uh, my personal email pierre.jacobs at cyberantics.co.za. Um, and 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 the view for that is is then. The starting point is is get a view of what your environment looks like. Yeah, hundred percent. Let, let's just let, let's just start with that first pass assessment. Let's let's just see where you're at in terms of your cyber journey, and from there we can start making plans. Um, but if if we don't know, if you're blind, if you if you don't know what you, what you have, if it's a um, haphazard, disjointed effort, um, you, you're surely to be to be compromised at some stage. And I, I almost want to, uh, we speak about it a lot on the show, um, even in our own business, uh, you know, there, there's, some, there's some disjointed efforts that happen and, and it's because of the speed at which business, business happens. Yes. But, uh, you know, like you said, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, I've, I've also not w- walked into a business where they've got a 100% bulletproof plan, no. uh, it's rehearsed. If in the case of an event, they know what's going to happen, they know that that everything is getting looked at um, and, and that they can sleep safely at night. So um, I always say, uh, you know, we must have very uh, religious customers because they've, they've got a lot of faith. <laughs> You're 100% right, Jaco. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yes. Okay, Pierre, so I mean, I think for me the, the, the end to this discussion then is basically say, listen, if you, if you don't have something firm in place, uh, um, get, a, get an independent view and, and – and, have a look and see what's happening. If you have something in place, and we also have that conversation sometimes with customers, where um, you know the, the the people that do the assessment will also will also provide certain technology. So yeah. who polices the policeman? You know. Yeah, so yeah. I think there's there's almost every scenario that you can think of where it's worthwhile getting a, a third party independent view of what the state of play is, and in and in um, you know, like you say, worst case scenario is actually the best case scenario. There's, there's nothing wrong, and you can you can sleep happily yeah. at night. Absolutely right, Jaco. Absolutely. Pierre, thank you for your time. I feel I feel like we've got to chat a lot more, but I think we're definitely gonna thank we're definitely you. gonna do a lot more of these. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for thank sharing you. all of your insights. Thanks, Jaco. Take care. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please visit catalytic.co.za.